You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back. We are back in so many ways. We are back. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Tigers, a beautiful Friday edition of this wonderful show in this wonderful sport that actually exists. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. I had a lot of emphasis on the B in that one. And we are back. The first two segments will be entirely dedicated to the return of Major League Baseball. The third one will be finishing up our MLB Locked On series where we rank uh, different facets of the Tigers and where they fall within the AL Central. And we can actually do that with the implications that a season is going to be played. Baseball is back. They have finally, finally agreed to an offer. We're going to go over all the changes all the new things that are coming with this upcoming season and and celebrate. It's a party, baby. It's a and you're invited. We're all invited. It's a party. The Detroit Tigers, Major League Baseball, we're all back. You best believe it. Well, not only that, we are going to play 162 games this season. Full Opening days on April 7th, a little bit late. They're going to add on three, four, five days to the end of the season, calendar days, and we're going to play a couple doubleheaders. Knock this baby out, 162. You know why? Because deadlines aren't real. If you don't know, guess what? Now you know. We've been talking about it here the entirety of the lockout. None of those deadlines were real. Not a single freaking one. And that is beautiful. We've been talking about it here. And, and oh my, baseball is back. I'm going to say that a million times. If you get annoyed by me repeating myself, this is not the episode for you. Because I'm going to say baseball is back about a billion times. Baseball is back. We're back. What what a what a roller coaster of a 48 hours. Today's Friday. On Wednesday, we were told, hey, you know, we got this, we got this 3 p.m. deadline. Well, I guess it started on Tuesday, really. On Tuesday, we were told that if, if they didn't come to a deal by by Tuesday evening, by Tuesday night, that another season's worth of games. Another season's goodness. Another week's worth of games would be chopped off the season, and these ones wouldn't be made up. These ones would just be flat out canceled. Then that deadline came and went, and they said, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna extend the deadline to Wednesday afternoon because we're nice guys, the MLB owners. We're nice guys. That's what we do. We extend deadlines. So they did that." It was 3 p.m., I believe. No, that was Thursdays, wasn't it? 
I think it was 6 p.m. on Wednesday. And the players sent sent an offer. Now, this is how nitpicky we got at one point, all right? The owners said, hey, you can either accept a deal with the international draft in it, and we will drop qualifying offers, or you can accept our deal without the international draft in it that does have qualifying offers, or you can accept the draft, no qualifying offers, and you guys have until November to figure out if you actually like it or not. And then if you don't like it, we'll just blow up that entire CBA and do this all again next offseason. To which the players said, how about we have until November and then if you say no, or if we decide no rather, on the international draft, then we just give you guys qualifying offers back in November. And that's just the CBA going forward. And the owners said, nope, thanks for coming, and canceled another week for the games. Then they got on Zoom or whatever. They were not in person, even though they were in person the entire time leading up to it. I don't know. It was dumb. All of this was dumb. And they ironed out the details with their international draft, whatever. They have until July to decide if they actually want to keep it or not. That'll be something to keep an eye on. We'll break that down a little bit more in segment two. Segment one is all just excitement. And they ironed out all the details with that. Qualifying offers attached, not attached. July deadline, bada bing, bada boom. Bob's your uncle. Okay? Now, Then they say, okay, well, let's just keep going then. Let's just try and work out a deal. And lo and behold, this beautiful Thursday comes along. Just a a gorgeous Thursday in the Metro Detroit area. It's freezing cold, but the sun is out. Just uh, you woke up and you were like, you know what? This is a damn good Thursday. And sure enough, by the 3 p.m. deadline, they had everything else ironed out. The owners kept trying to throw in, hey, we'll do this if you just drop all of the lawsuits you have against us that are worth hundreds of million dollars. <laughs> I laugh about it because they figured it out. If, if we were still in a lock, I'd be infuriated. And the players had some hesitance and whatever and they, they want to add another bracket to the luxury tax taxing and all the Mets players would didn't want to do that because they have Steve Cohen and uh, Cohen is comfortably the richest owner in baseball and it's basically just the Cohen tax to be honest so all the Mets players were like hey wait a minute I don't know if I want, I don't know if I want this extra little stipulation here so then we get to Thursday at 3 p.m. And the players are told, this is your offer. And they go and and meet with their people. How the voting works is there are eight union reps. And then there is a player rep for every single team. They need majority of of that 38, obviously. All 
eight of the union reps for the Players Association, the Players Union, all denied it. 0 for 8 on accepting this deal. But all, almost all of the player reps accepted it. I think all but all but four, all but six, one of those two. And lo and behold, we have Major League Baseball back. Comerica is going to be rocking. This the the first season of, of Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green and Javi Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez is not going to be affected. That's that's the biggest thing, man. Like we this this was our this was our season. Like we had waited so long, so long to just be decent again, dog. Like, I mean, half a decade of borderline 100 losses or more every single year. And then last year we take a step forward and Hinge comes in and does Hinge things. And then we look around and, 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 we, and we get some pieces in the offseason. And, and Green and Torque are, are guaranteed coming up in 2022. And we look around and we go, this is our year, baby. This is the Tigers' year. And then this nonsense happened. But 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 fear not, my people. Fear not. We've made it. And baseball is back. You know what else is back? Built Bar. <laughs> Built Bar never left, though. That's the thing. They, they didn't just not negotiate for 40 days after a lockout because they felt like it. All right, Bill Barr's been here. You heard, been here. And this is usually the time of year that a lot of people give up on their news resolutions. But if yours is about eating healthy, you're not giving up this year. And that is thanks to Bill Barr. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because everyone actually enjoys eating them. If you haven't tried the Puffs, you have to. You're missing out on one of Bill Barr's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. The candy bar has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new white chocolate cookies and cream. It is phenomenal. They're all delicious. And new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built, they care about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome to segment two of Not Locked Out Detroit Tigers. That's what we're calling this episode. Not Locked Out Tigers. Thanks for making Not Locked Out Tigers your first listen every single day. Locked on MLB prospects. You guys got to check it out. Lindsey Crosby, 
Great dude, knows his stuff. Prospect Encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Baseball's back. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Baseball is back, baby. Oh my goodness. What a what I I don't even know if what I'm going to say this episode even makes coherent sense. It's just pure excitement. We're back. We are actually back and we're playing 162. And they got rid of the stupid ghost runner or, or real runner on second to start off extra innings. They got rid of horrible seven inning double headers. The real game of baseball is back for the first time in three freaking years. Three years. It's been since 2019 that we've had a real season. And we're back. We're back. And not only are are the Tigers back, the Tigers are back with Torque, Green, Erod, Javi, the list goes on. Miggy is going to hit 3K a couple, oh, oh, what, a week or two into the season. We we got we we got baseball back. We got the Tigers back, just in time for our AL Central reign to begin. Akil Badu back. Jonathan Scope back. Jamer Candelario back. Eric Haas. Back. A.J. Hinge. Back. Chris Fetter. Notably the best pitching coach in baseball. Back. Mize Manning Scooble. The three-headed monster. All three of them. Back. The bullpen. Gregory Soto. My dog. My ride or die. Gregory Soto is back. Who, who, who even... Who even... What? What are we even talking about? What what am I saying? We're back, dog. My goodness, we are back. They the the players union you know, both sides were very stingy there toward the end. Uh, I was pretty pro player throughout the entire thing. Toward the end, both of them dug their heels in, man. I mean, it was it was <laughs> you know, the the owners would would give a lot more, but then just throw something random in. They'd be like, oh, okay, well, we'll finally move off of the the low luxury tax, the significantly lower luxury tax that you guys wanted, and we'll finally move off the low uh, minimum salary, you know, pretty significantly lower minimum salary than you guys wanted. And in return, We'll just at the last second just randomly throw in, hey, why don't you drop this like $100 million lawsuit from 2020 and also drop the one from 2018 and also give us a draft for international players. And and you know what? To both of their credit, they they, they buckled down and figure it out and, and still got us a full season. It's still nonsense that they took 40 days off at the beginning. A lot of it is still nonsense on both sides. But they got enough to get us a full season, man. No matter what side you're on, you can appreciate that. So, the minimum salary going forward will be 700k. That is a 23% raise, rise, I guess technically, from 
what it was in the last CBA. That is the single highest raise of the minimum salary in the history of the CBA. $230 million luxury tax. That's a 9% rise. Okay, and that's going to gradually go up as well. By the last year of this CBA, which is five years down the road, it'll be at 242. So it won't be stagnant either. It'll be ever-growing. That's a major win for the players. Both of those are major win for the players as far as what they wanted coming into it. The owners can more than afford both of those things. Also, there's now a $50 million bonus pool that is set aside for pre-arbitration players. Uh, essentially, if you are pre-arb, if you are in your first three years of Major League Baseball, you now have the ability to make bonus money based on your performance. You get MVP votes. You, you finish a certain whatever it's going to be. Top five in the MVP voting. Top five in the Cy Young voting. Top five or three in Rookie of the Year voting. All-star appearances, etc. You, you get accolades as a pre-arb player you will get compensated financially via this bonus pool. All of that is awesome. All incredible. All big wins for the sport in my eyes. Okay? The big thing that was the holdup on Wednesday was the international draft. Now, how international signing has worked for a very long time is everybody has their international pool money and you see the Rays, whenever the Rays make a trade, it's always, you know, they always say, oh, we'll do this and you give us, you know, 500K in international signing money. So there's a certain amount of money set aside for every single team that you are allowed to spend on international free agents every year. That's how it's worked for a while. A lot of player, geez, a lot of teams splurge on one, you know, get the top international prospect and then not, don't really get any highly ranked prospects. The rest of the offseason, some do it more gradually. The Tigers, the last couple of years, have been bigger spenders than they have in year in the Dabrowski era for certain, uh, but ha- have had a history of kind of spreading it out more evenly. Regardless, the proposition is to make that a draft so that it's no longer signing kids that are, that are what, 14, 15, 16 years old. Uh, you will be they, they will be put in a draft, and currently the draft is in play, but they have until July to decide whether they actually want to or not. So that will not take effect this season. If it is accepted, it still wouldn't even take effect until I believe 2024. So it would be a draft. It would be a randomized order. How they decide the randomness of it is... It, they have like three different groups of 10 teams in each group, and all of those groups are then randomized and then put into an order, and then those are put into an order. It's really whack, but you, you can't give the worst team in baseball the number one pick in two separate drafts, right? That's just OP. Can't do that. So I understand what their, their logic from that perspective. Uh, the only thing is you would apparently know what your draft selection would be like years in advance, kind of. Uh, I'm not sure I, I, I'm okay with the randomness. I agree with that, but I think I would prefer if it was just kind of like weeks before, because then you, you kind of know whether you're getting a good international class or a bad international class. 
It, it, it seems a little weird to me, but regardless, that that would be the system. Uh, it's I, I'm honestly for as openly not a secret to anyone pro player as I've been throughout this entire thing. I do not mind the draft at all, as long as the financial compensation for the players is viable and and not egregiously low. I'm pretty okay with this. Uh, I, I think that there are some kinks that need to be worked out with the system. However, if the players were to agree to do this, they have two years to work those kinks out. So I I, I think that this could actually be a, a, a pretty effective thing. I understand why the players didn't want it because drafts, as they are structured, are anti-player. But I, I think as long as the money is right and, and the players aren't going to be you know, having a, a ton of international prospects make significantly le- less money. As long as the money's decent for these young kids, uh, I'm I'm pretty okay with it. And uh, like I said, there, there's some stuff they need to iron out still, but I, I I have hope, based on how negotiations went this time, that that those have the possibility of being ironed out uh, by 2024 if the players do agree to do it. And worst case is they say, you know what, there's too big of a risk here. We're not going to accept this. And then they don't. And then the qualifying offer just comes back. The qualifying offer affected 14 people last year. So, like, cool. And, and it's something I, I, we've had, I've had my whole life. The qualifying offer's just always been there. So, not a, not a crazy, you know, new thing or like, oh, I really wish the qualifying offer was gone or whatever. Like, not an adjustment for me if they just say no and go back to how it was. Sure, fine. Um, and that is the only other thing. Thing. There's a lottery. There is a six-team draft lottery, uh, and there will be some stipulations on big market teams and how often they can be in the bottom, uh, small market teams, how often they can be in the bottom. I think it will probably be something along the lines of uh, if you're a what they consider a large market team, you can spend one season in the bottom six. Uh, if you are a small market team, you can probably spend two seasons, consecutive seasons in the bottom six. It'll be something along those lines. The exact details all have not been released yet uh, for, for any of these, but I, I'm giving you everything that I know. Minimum salary, we already talked about. Starting at 700 k by the last year, it'll be at 780 A Universal DH is here. No more pitchers hitting unless your name is Shohei Otani and maybe the occasional Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> Uh, the amateur draft is now at 20 rounds. If you remember after the COVID thing, uh, it was five rounds and then it was 20. And then so 20 round amateur draft players can be optioned five times a year. Now, this is a massive win for the players. And honestly, I think this helps front offices. Players can be optioned five. It's, it's been three. Right, so players can be optioned five times a year now. That that's awesome. It, it's a little bit more back and forth, I guess, for some players. But as a whole, five options in a year is uh, will help running the team, the general managers. That that will that's that's a win for them. They have a lot more flexibility with stuff. They don't have to worry about running out of options as soon. Uh, you, you have a fringe player like that. That that's not a bad thing at all. Okay, and I don't think it's a bad thing for the players either. That you know the, those fringe guys don't get axed from their MLB contracts as soon now. So we have that. 
And then my favorite one, my favorite stipulation in order to combat service manipulation, Major League Baseball has introduced a system to where if a top if a team's top prospect is promoted on opening day, if they're on their opening day roster, and at the end of the season they get rookie of the year votes, MVP slash Cy Young votes, whatever, they will get a compensatory pick in the upcoming draft. All the incentive in the world to actually call your best players up on opening day and not wait until May so that you can manipulate service time, etc. because you actually get a whole ass another draft pick if you call them up on opening day. Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson, congratulations, you are Detroit Tigers. I love baseball. I've been saying it all along. Who has it? I love baseball. And baseball is back, baby. You know what else is back? March college basketball. It's that time of year as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds, contests, player props. Bet Online is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball either. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and baseball betting because we're back. And all of your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. We're back for our third and final segment of this beautiful Friday episode. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, baby. No, what did I say? No longer locked out Tigers, baby. That that That's the show. That's the show. It's raps. It's curtains, curtains on the lockout, blouses. What other analogy can you think of? What other saying? It's it's over, Vince Carter. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. Absolutely, it's over. Let's get into finishing our segment. Well, finishing our our specific section. Uh, we'll be done with all the individual sections, and then next episode we'll be able to do our overall ranking of the Tigers organization compared to the other AL Central teams. But for this one, we're doing defense. All right, the Tigers' defense last year was not good. There's this beautiful website called Fielding Bible. It does team defensive run saved. We talk about defensive run saved all the time, and how good of a stat it is for certain positions, etc. how much I like it. I voiced my opinion on it quite a bit over the last several months and, and last season, etc. Um, but they do, uh, they do team DRS. And so they do your defensive run saved by each position, not each player. So it takes into account all the players that have played that position, obviously, that season. And then they do uh, kind of a, a, I guess it would be a managerial defensive run saved would be the best way to put it. It's not the best way to put it. The best way to put it would be just saying what it is. <laughs> so they do a defensive run saved. Uh, how many runs defensively you saved based on your positioning in the infield and outfield. Okay. 
So the Tigers, to no surprise to anybody, had one of the best positioning DRSs in the entire sport because A.J. Hinch is unbelievable at his job. Uh, Plus five DRS on non-shift situations was one of the best in the American League, the top three in the American League, and 28 in shifting situations was second best in the American League. Now, shifting will be different because part of the CBA is the banning of the shift. Now, again, now part two. Um, The shift, it, it will not be, okay, you have to stand right where you are. It will not be a complete banishment. You will not see everybody lining straight up every single play. That's not what this is going to be. It is going to be how many players you can have on each side of second base. So you can still have somebody up the middle. You can still shift the left a little bit if a lefty comes or yeah, if a lefty comes up, you can switch third and and short can get pushed to second base closer. You will still see defensive strategies be used, but you will still see players moving around the infield. There might also be a stipulation on if players if infielders can be on the outfield grass, that has not been confirmed or denied yet at the time of this recording, so we'll see what comes out with that. But and none of this has really, all the details and fine print of this have really been public yet. But I, I'd imagine that it'll be something along that those lines of how many players you can have on each side of second base when a player comes up to bat. So while it won't be, oh, like the Tigers aren't going to save 28 runs based on shifts next year, Probably not, because again, there's going to be some hindering, some hindrance on what the infield can actually do. That being said, they'll still be able to move a little bit. We'll still get our advantage when we can. Outfield positioning, that should remain mostly how it's always been. And the Tigers had the best outfield positioning in all of the American League last year, 14 defensive runs saved based on outfield positioning. The next closest was 10. So comfortably led the American League in best outfield positioning. Now it's fascinating because the Tigers still had the third worst defensive run saved as a team in the American League. So when we're looking at this upcoming season, we have to think about our additions, our subtractions, and the fact that shifts aren't going to be as, as prevalent. The Tigers' second two worst positions were shortstop and center field. At shortstop, we had a negative 20 DRS. That was comfortably the worst in the American League. Next closest was negative 16 from the Mariners. And then shortstop, where we had negative 15, also one of the worst, I believe tied for second worst in the American League. Now, shortstop, I said now a million times. I told you, if you don't like me repeating stuff, this isn't the episode for you because baseball is back, baby. So with shortstop, negative 15, we're going to get a massive jump in that. Javi Baez, like him or hate him, like the signing, don't like the signing, indifferent on the signing, whatever your opinion is, he's a damn good defender and has the potential to be a gold glove caliber defender. We've seen him put up 20 DRS seasons before. All right, he he has that in his bag. So, it, and even if he doesn't have a, a twenty five DRS, okay, it's still going to be damn better than negative fifteen. So that's a huge jump. Take a little bit of hit in the shifts. Take a huge jump at shortstop, center field, mostly the same crew, but the addition of Riley Green. 
It's still yet to be determined whether Riley Green is going to be a, a neutral or a positive defender in Comerica center field. That's a hell of a task. That is a tall task, especially for a rookie. That being said, negative 20? Do we really think he's going to be that bad? I think not. So we're going to give ourselves a little bit of a bump there. Right field and left field will be mostly the same. Those were both slightly negative. Third base, Jamer's the everyday third baseman. That's going to remain the same, just a hair below negative, or below negative, below zero. Second base, negative eight. Second base was a roller coaster because Scopey played a lot of first. Scope's a pretty good defensive second baseman. If we get a, a, a full season of him at second, maybe the occasional Harold Castro, the occasional Willie Castro, whatever ends up happening, that is, I, I think we probably get a little bit better there. First base, negative 10, train wreck last season. Scopey, again, playing first base for the really the first time consistently at the major league level. Miguel Cabrera just doesn't have the athleticism to be a good first baseman anymore defensively, right? Torkelson's going to be a huge jump to that. That was negative 10, second worst in the American League. It's going to be a huge jump. Catcher, negative 14. Eric Haas, love the dude to death. Not going to help that number too terribly much. That being said, Tucker Barnhart, going to help that number a bleep load. So much so that I just censored myself live. That's how good he's going to be defensively. Negative 14 for the Tigers at catcher last year. Third worst in the American League. Going to take a huge jump there. I don't expect the Tigers to be this well-oiled 100 DRS from a team type of type of juggernaut defensively, but I do expect them to take huge jumps and not be in the cellar for DRS like they have been for the last five freaking years in a row. The White Sox are pretty much the same team, and they were worse than us. They were one of the only two teams worse than us defensively, so we're better than them. Boom, Chicago, you're donezo. Uh, next up, let's start with let, let let's start with. We already mentioned two teams. Let's go to the Twins. Twins have a very good defensive unit. They really do. Uh, shortstop is going to take a little bit of a hit from them this year because they lost one of the best defensive shortstops in all of baseball. However, as a whole, if I mean, if Buxton stays healthy especially, they're going to still be a really good defensive team. We'll put them at the top. The Royals, for as horrible as they are offensively, not a bad team defensively. Still some holes. Negative 16 in right field, negative 15 in third, two of the worst in the American League at those two positions. Everything else, though, a pretty well-oiled machine, plus 16 at second, plus 21 in center. I, I expect the Royals to be better than us defensively still, probably. You know what? No. Screw all of this, okay? Baseball's back. We're riding a high. The We're putting – I'm freaking out right now. The White Sox are last. The Guardians are second to last. They they can't they, they don't pay hitters. They don't. They have a well they have a factory of pitching. They don't care about offense. They don't care about defense because all their pitchers are fantastic. Tigers leapfrog the, the, the Guardians. Boom. Done. Royals, not good. Fifth place. We're not gonna lose to a fifth place team in anything in my opinion, in the current moment time in this recording because I'm I'm jazzed up because baseball is back. Tigers, better. Boom. Twins, uh, sure, I'm not going to go on a rampage and give us first defensively after we've been horrible for five years. There you go. The Detroit Tigers, second best defense in 2022. Book it. 
Take it to betonline.net. Put it on the board. Yes. Shout out Chicago White Sox. Okay. That's it. We're done. That's it. That's the episode. Baseball is back. It's back, baby. Thank you guys so much for rocking with me. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. We're back on Monday, baby. Back to five episodes a week? Question mark? Ah, maybe. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the majors, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. This episode's long. I don't really give a damn. Baseball's back, and I want to talk about it. Thank you guys so much for rocking with me. Um, This has been a challenge for everybody. And it has been a challenge for your content creators, your baseball content creators. Um, it, It has not been easy to come up with stuff to talk about every single day. Uh, even when we went down to three a week, it's still very difficult to find half an hour worth of stuff to talk about three days a week and not have it just be lockout updates for three segments. And I even did that a couple of times because I, I couldn't think of anything. It was hard. It, it, it was difficult. Um, and your guys' support and listenership and the, the, the ratings for this show and, and, and like I said, the numbers that this show did never wavered once. And that honestly makes me emotional. <laughs> I'm, I'm very serious. That's, um, that's, I love y'all, man. That's wild. Did not dip for an episode in the heat of battle he don't miss. It did not waver once. It, it the the support the, the and the listenership and the numbers from from free agency to the end of last season, the depths of the lockout where they weren't they weren't even meeting and we were just talking about Tigers history. When when they started meeting again and we started just doing lockout updates, when we did the all time rankings. It's been a it's been a a heck of a journey and a long road through this uh, through this lockout for everybody. I'm not alone in that. All of us, you included, you the listener. I'm I'm sure you don't want to hear me talk about nothing that's not relevant to anything today, especially when we have such an exciting season ahead of us. But when there's no news, there's no news. And your guys' support, I mean. I like I, I see all the numbers every day. I see the ratings. I see the replies. I see the how, how it's taken. I, I see all of it. And it didn't dip one time, man. And that that's that's wild. And I I, I will never be able to to thank you all enough. And I I really appreciate all of it for real, more than you'll ever know. I love you all to death. And I'm so excited. That you and I are, are going to be able to go through what should be the most exciting Tiger season in more than half of a decade together. From start to finish. Because baseball is back. So thank you all so much for real from the bottom of my heart. It means the absolute world to me. 
Like I said, more than you'll ever know. Baseball is back, baby. Spring training, as you're listening to this, starts today. Players start reporting as you are listening to this. Spring training games will start sometime at the end of next week. And uh, opening day on April 7th. We ball. We absolutely ball. So thank you all again. Cannot thank you enough. I'm repeating myself. Like I said at the beginning, you're not into me repeating myself. This ain't the show for you. <laughs> thank you all, man. For real. You never know how much it means to me. Um, we're back. Baseball's back. And we will be back on Monday. Same time, same place. Right here, baby. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.